0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp and you are not. And today is Wednesday. It's in April and it's 2022. And I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited for this week. We have, uh, I think, a great show for you today. Uh, And I believe with all my heart we have a great show for you tomorrow. Uh, Friday, anybody's guess. Uh, But Thursday, tomorrow, we will have a previous recorded interview we did, what, Monday? Yes. With uh, Matt Burke. For those of you who don't know Matt Burke, Matt Burke is a pro-life warrior. He is a professional, uh, retired professional football player who won a Super Bowl ring and earned, I guess is a better way to put it, and is currently running for office in Minnesota. And I've known Matt for a few years. Fantastic guy. I'm excited for you to meet him. And uh, to see the interview. He's really quite funny. Uh, But so he'll be on here tomorrow. Today, we're gonna finish off the disciples, much like the Romans tried to do. Do you find that funny? (laughs) I
1: do.
0: Yeah. Um, And what's interesting is we recorded one, and two things happened. First, right when it was done, I said to Carrie, because this was during Holy Week, I think I was like, Carrie, I'm so tired. I think that really stunk. And she was like, No, no. And she kept crying. Uh, But then we went back and watched it, and I kind of skipped a couple disciples. So we're re-recording it. Well, no, no we're not. We're just doing it live. So this is the second time I've done this show. But this time, I've decided to be kind of crazy and cover all of them. So we're going to dive right into that first, but I want to tell you, I had a really cool like email from uh, a gal named Cheryl, and it's so neat. She was pointing out, you know how um, like Craig Pohl was on and his brother Ryan, and we talked a lot about Westphalia, but what I was doing, and I didn't even notice that, I was lumping Westphalia and Fowler together, but not mentioning Fowler. And like, she wasn't being mean about it She was just like, hey, this is kind of cool Because these two towns are connected in a sense Geographically, but culturally they're two different towns And uh, Fowler Sometimes I think When I was reading her email, I was like No kidding, he's from Fowler, he's from Fowler He's from Fowler, right? They get passed over a little bit, right? Like, do you know what she pointed out? My buddy Spitz I said, well, he's from Westphalia No, he's not, he's from Fowler you know the koenig twins, those two uh, boys who got a They're both from Fowler. The last two pastors, they had two pastors in a row at Westphalia from... Fowler Fowler. so cool stuff massive shout out and props to Fowler for being awesome and I think sometimes unintentionally left behind in the perceived juggernaut that is Westphalia but uh, I I do think that's important to know I'm so glad she told me And, and that was really cool like she even pointed out some of my buddies that I listed she goes they're not from Westphalia they're from Fowler So cool stuff. Thanks, Cheryl. Uh, And again, massive shout out to Fowler, Michigan for making a ton of priests. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, uh, what what we're going to do tomorrow is the Matt Burke interview. And then Friday, Friday, Friday will be our question and answer session live right here. So uh, I'm pretty geeked out for this week. I think it's going to be a good one yeah yeah all right so let's get right into it when we last left off the disciples uh peter was chained to a train track with a train bearing down on it okay i'm gonna that's not it at all we covered peter james and john the big three and now we're gonna get to andrew andrew is the next disciple and why am i doing it in this order i'm doing it in the order the bible does Uh, And I can't remember if I mentioned this last time, but the Bible uh, has some rules that follows very specifically. And one of them is when you list people, the most important people go first. Right. So who's always listed first in the disciples? Peter, James, John. And then it kind of slides from there. And again, if you're one of the least important disciples, you're still, you know, Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame of the Hall of Fame. Like there's the Hall of Fame. Then there's the Hall of Fame of the Hall of Fame. Then there's the Hall of Fame of the Hall of Fame of the Hall of Fame, which includes the disciples Mary and Paul.
1: In Akron.
0: And Joseph. Who?
1: In Akron, Ohio.
0: Yeah, it's in Akron. Uh, but you have to get there by way of Grand Blanc. <laughs> <sighs> One thing I do want... Maybe I should talk a little bit about this real quick. You know, the, some of the pro-life stuff going on? Yes. Yeah. Okay. One of the things, um, like at our parish, we had a Respect Life committee, but it kind of fell apart during um, COVID. And so uh, just know that this is a time of year where we're particularly conscious as Michiganders and, well, wherever you're from, at least in Michigan, because there's a petition being circulated now uh, to get a thing on the ballot to change our state constitution. Um, and I write about it a little bit in the bulletin uh, for this next Sunday. So just know this. If you're from Michigan, there's a petition now that want, they want you to sign it so we can get it on the ballot in November that abortion becomes a constitutionally guaranteed right at any and all stages. Uh, we don't like this. And... Um, and Bishop Burrow wrote some pretty strong words about it. So uh, if you if you can wait till Sunday, right, or read, read the bulletin and uh, but just know this, uh, that we can do so much better than abortion. Right. And we talked about it in, with the Luke Project here. Uh, and by the way, holy cow, I guess you guys blew up their donation button. Way to go. Um, but that's what we do, right? We don't just say no to abortion, although that's plenty. We also say yes to mums, and we say yes to helping them and making sure they have all they need. Um, so anyway, with that in mind, let's get to the disciples. So after Peter, James, John, which is actually one person, he was very fat. You have Andrew, Andrew, we know went to, and I do love this quote, the land of the me- man eaters, which is now Russia. Uh, And Christians there claim him as the first guy to bring the gospel to their land. He preached in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and in Greece, and he was crucified more than likely on an X. And you think, why an X? Well, that's how they did crucifixions there. There were three or four ways to do crucifixions, Uh, but what do we know? Andrew was Simon Peter's brother, and like his brother, he was a fisherman. And according to John, Andrew was the first disciple Jesus called, which is pretty cool. And uh, Andrew not only brought Peter to Jesus, to Jesus, uh, he told him Jesus could be the Messiah. Right. Peter was the first guy, I think, to go, you're the Messiah among the disciples. But Andrew was the first guy, as I read it, to go, could he be the Messiah? Good stuff. Um, So, uh, whenever Peter is mentioned with Andrew, Andrew is always mentioned second, and he's always mentioned as Peter's brother. Uh, Peter is never referred to as Andrew's brother, so they clearly thought he was younger, or he was clearly younger or less important. Um, And it's kind of funny, you know, his name, Andrew. Uh, It comes from the Greek word Andreas. Andreas which is translated manly. (laughs) He was a manly man. Seriously, that's it. Yeah, you didn't know that? (laughs) Cool. So anytime you meet someone named Andrew, a male, if it's a female, don't bring this up. Okay. Uh, Before he was called by Jesus, we know he was a disciple of Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, right? And we remember John the Baptist and Billy the Kid have the same middle name. The. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) sorry. In the Synoptic Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They don't really tell us about Andrew's calling. John does. Uh, And um, I don't know. Like, Andrew pops up a few times. It's Andrew uh, who finds the boy with the five loaves and two fish and gives them to Jesus at the multiplication of the loaves, and we also know that when there was a group of Greeks in the New Test in the Gospels that wanted to see Jesus, they came to Philip, and Philip brought it to Andrew. We know that in Mark thirteen, Peter, James, John, and Andrew have a private moment with Jesus, uh, where they talk about the destruction of the temple. Um, clearly, Andrew was important to Jesus. Uh, Uh, from the data I think I've just given you, but the Bible doesn't really tell us much else. And there's a lot of church tradition here to help us. Uh, But um, there was a guy named Eusebius of Caesarea, who um, tells us, and he's considered the father of church history. He tells us that Origen claimed Andrew was sent to Scythia, uh, which is an Egypt. a region in central Eurasia. Uh, He was crucified in Patras around 60 AD and was crucified on an axe and that's why when you see uh, Andrew, he's holding an axe. Uh, He was there for three days. Remember, I walked you through this. Crucifixion didn't technically kill you, it tortured you. Until you died of exposure or until you died of asphyxiation. I mean, it's it's an awful thing. Well, it says he hung there three days and that he preached the whole time. Right. And I actually heard a homily that long once. We're going to let that one go. (laughs) So Philip, now we're going to get to Philip. What do we know about him? Well, we know he's only mentioned eight times in the New Testament. And four of those times are just when the apostles are listed. But there are other people named Philip in the New Testament. And it's kind of easy to get him all mixed in with those cats. Although the first two are the sons of King Herod. And nobody has mistaken them for saints. But more typically... He's often confused for Philip, the evangelist. Um, And it's clear the Christian community got confused sometimes. Um, There are two dudes named Philip in the New Testament and uh, they got mixed up sometimes. What you need to know is Philip, the evangelist, the guy who had the talk with the Ethiopian eunuch, that was not Philip, the disciple. And if you read Acts 6, it kind of makes it clear. Let's, let's talk through it. Quote, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Uh, brothers and sisters choose seven men from among you known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, not Nicanor, Timon, Ty- uh, Parmenas, Nicholas, blah, blah, blah. So uh, what we know then from that list is later in Acts 21, it lists him as quote, one of the seven. That's one of the seven right there. So he's not one of the 12, He's one of the seven that the 12 picked. Does this make sense? Yes. So you can see, though, why he gets mixed up with Philip the Apostle. What do we know about Philip the Apostle slash disciple? We know he had a ministry in Carthage in North Africa. Then he went to Asia Minor where he converted, and this was a great move for Jesus, a bad move politically, the wife of a Roman consul. Uh The Roman consul didn't, you know, wasn't a fan of this whole thing. So he had Philip arrested and uh, crucified, tortured. It was awful. He was crucified next to Bartholomew, who we'll get to in a minute. Uh, He too preached while hanging from the cross. And um, the crowd started like, and because this had happened, crowd started yelling for them to release them. And frankly, the Romans would sometimes do it. If the crowd got a little saucy and wanted you to end a crucifixion, it was not unheard of that they'd end the crucifixion. What was rare is that the crowd cared enough to say, stop it. But the crowd did ask him to. Philip asked the Romans, no, free Bartholomew, I want to die this way. Holy cow. Uh, We know he comes from Bethsaida, uh, a town near Sea of Galilee. Uh, Yeah, we could go on and on, but you get the idea. Philip uh, um, Philip was a good dude, yeah? And we don't know a ton, but what we do know is he died beautifully, courageously, filled with love, and a lot of people became Christian because of him. Now, now we're going to hit a stretch of disciples that it's really fascinating what we don't know. And I want you to remember a couple key points here as we get into this. And I don't know if I mentioned this last time. If so, I'm so sorry to go through it again. People didn't write these stories thinking that you would be reading them. Okay, they did not suspect Christianity or, well, how's this, they did not think the world was going to last that much longer. And their world was a much tinier world. They weren't, uh, paper was hard to get, writing something down was a costly and challenging things to do. And this factor alone means you wrote in such a way as to give them the outline and you explain it later you get me that that was how people wrote why well because to them the written word was a lot more important um or a lot less important um sorry okay um The written word was considered a lot less important than oral tradition, the passing on of the stories. And that's really kind of key to this. So once we start getting into Bartholomew and all these cats all the way down, you're gonna see we don't have a ton of information. And a lot of the information we had, had got lost when the Romans started killing everybody. Okay. So uh, we do have a question Quote, How did the Romans And society at large Know that people were followers of Jesus Since they were hated And seen as a threat to power When were the twelve Recognized as a cohesive group This is a great question Christians used a ton of secrecy At the beginning they didn't have to Christianity was a Regional phenomenon Meaning it was in Jerusalem And just like you know stuff they knew stuff okay they knew that um, was a world where reputation was everything if most things weren't written down then you knew a lot of people boy I don't know if I'm doing a good job here uh, Jerusalem's a big place. But think of it as a small town because that's that's something we would recognize. Everybody knew everybody or knew about everybody. And in to that end, people would have recognized as you heard in the Gospels. How did they recognize some of them? Well, their accent. You're not from here. You're from Galilee. Right. There was a Galilee accent. Like if someone walked up, how y'all doing? It's good to see you. You're not going to assume New York. Right? And if somebody right approaches you and goes, hey, how you doing? No, 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 how you doing? You're not going to go, ah, Texas. Yeah. Uh, you and I can distinguish in the U.S. an East Coast accent. Uh, you can uh, distinguish the, the, the dulcet tones of the Midwest accent, uh, the Southern accent. And we have all sorts of n- stereotypes that go with that accent, hey? Uh, you know people think oh southern accent not smart uh new york accent aggressive and of course those aren't true but it's the things we do and people then did it too so you may notice when they see peter they don't recognize him they just go we have a galilean accent and then what is the second time peter got recognized in the gospels remember this the cousin of the dude whose Peter's ear cut off. Oh, heck yeah, she knew who he was. You get me? That's how it worked back then. Um, And when were the twelve seen as a cohesive group immediately at Pentecost? Uh, And of course, they were, and this breaks my heart, the 11. Yeah, the 11. Judas didn't make it that far. So uh, in terms of later, how were Christians found? Well, Tratores, traders, people who turned them in. Uh, and they were kind of easy to catch. Uh, a Roman soldier could stop anyone and say, offer a sacrifice to the emperor. And they would. Oh, great. They love it. Okay. Well, Christian won't. So, uh, did that did that cover? Yeah, I mean, okay. I think
1: it's you know what you say often is their concentration of the day right was to survive.
0: Yeah, going to get they, through the day. They,
1: they didn't know probably much more than well they didn't know anything more than the people that they actually physically saw that they told them. Right.
0: So everything was news. Everything was news, and news was a valuable commodity. Sure. An extremely valuable, you you got to remember, you could, outside of the clothes and the bodyguard, you could be sent next to the emperor and not know that. I mean, of course, that's a ludicrous example. You didn't know what they looked like. Uh, Now, Roman, huh? You're
1: right. Yeah.
0: And Romans were big on making incredibly accurate statues. That was extremely important to them. But Jews didn't allow statues. So everything was word of mouth. Think of a small town with all the horror and all the goodness. And that was everybody. Everybody was in a small town, wherever they were. It was all on gossip. It was all on uh, knowing, again, eh, wait a minute, you're from Galilee. What are you doing here? Uh, Galileans were backwater people. What's the first thing Philip said when he found out about Jesus, or Nathaniel? When he first heard about Jesus, what was his comment? Do you remember? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Uh, That's how people talked. They thought in these big, sweeping stereotypes uh, as fueled by, frankly, gossip and accurate talk. Yeah. And, like, you know how now we watch the news and you have no idea if they're telling the truth? I mean, literally no idea. And if you think you do, you've been tricked. And, and I don't mean, I'm sorry, all news is bought and paid for, not by you. Okay? And it's the same back then but you know the person telling you the gossip you know all oh, that's chuck ah, he's always saying crazy stuff or that's bob bob doesn't tell you unless he's sure that kind of thing yeah is that helpful
1: you no know, really helpful. oh
0: great okay yeah it's such a different world guys and it ties right into this whole idea of the gospels you and i would not have written the gospels like this we would have written them like we talk. We would have written them trying to tell the whole story. They're not, they're telling you enough of the story so that when they come to visit you, they can, you're open to the whole story, okay? So that's why some of it, you look and you say, well, why do we know so little? That wasn't their priority, okay? So we're gonna look at Bartholomew slash Nathaniel, okay? That's one human and it can get a little confusing, so stick with me. Uh, We know he had a ton of missionary travels, okay? Uh, India with Thomas, he came back to Armenia, he was in Ethiopia and in Southern Arabia, and he's probably the most obscure of the disciples in terms of the gospels. His name is only in the lists, right? When they list, well, the 12 disciples, uh, they list his name, that's it. And all we know is that he was somewhat associated with Philip, because he's always listed alongside Philip. And so we just assume there was some kind of connection that between the two of them, whether it was a connection of spiritual brotherhood or blood relation. We know his name probably comes from uh, Aramaic, the son of Talmai. okay that's Bartholomew. And uh, you say, well, why would he also be called Nathaniel? Well, because that's how things worked back then. Re- remember, there's no last names here. So I'm Joe, son of Gordon. I'm not Joe Krupp. And here's the problem back then. A lot of people had the same names. I don't remember if I went through this in the last one. I hope if I did, I'm so sorry, okay? Because uh, we, we did it a long time ago in my little redneck brain. Uh, so I'm Joe, son of Gordon. Well, there's another Joe. Uh, and he's also a son of Gordon and we're not related. Okay, Joe, we're going to call you uh green shirt because you're, you know what I mean? Uh, it, and everybody was cool with that. You had numerous names. Um, Greeks would call you one thing. Jews would call you another. Romans would call you another. And it's weird. But again, think small town that worked. One of my buddies, this is a true story. Um, Uh, I'm trying to think if I should use the real names, but at my last parish assignment, there was a guy I knew quite well. We had beers together and ate together and hung out a few times. And I got a call that his wife was very sick and needed last rites. And then another person texted me and said, so-and-so's wife is dying and she needs last rites. I'm like, okay, I got two last rites. And I said to the person who texted me, send me the address. I don't know where that person lives because I didn't know who this person was. They send me the address and it's the same one as the guy's house I'm visiting. Turns out I didn't know his birth name. I had no idea. I only knew his nickname and I didn't know it was his nickname because I never heard anybody call him anything but that. Isn't that crazy? So in my head, I had two last rites, but no, it was one. Yeah. It was the same thing back then. So what do you do? Everybody gets a name for every language. Um, And Bartholomew, so why would Bartholomew and Nathaniel, why not just pick one? Because they didn't. (laughs) Everybody would have known he's the same dude. Why? Because they're writing people who know. Does this make sense? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Um, John gives us two passages where we learn a bit. Um, and this is one, right, where it's Nathaniel slash Bartholomew, who in John 1 says, when he hears this new guy, Jesus, is from Nazareth, quote, Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? But then we also know a little bit later, just three verses, he sees Jesus, Jesus do a miracle and says, you're the king of Israel. You're a son of God, okay? Toward the end of the gospel, Nathaniel slash Bartholomew pops up again. And this time he's listed as one of the dudes who went fishing uh, after the crucifixion. Um, we know Peter, James, John, and Andrew were in there and they were fishermen. So Nathaniel slash Bartholomew, we assume was a fisherman if he went with them, right? <laughs> How did he die? He was martyred, uh, he was actually flayed alive, right? So the, so if you see statues of him, he's usually holding a very sh- small fillet knife, like the kind you use for fish. But the Romans used that for your skin. Um, and you gotta remember, in this day and age, torture was entertainment, it was television, okay? Um, so they put him to a post and skinned him alive, and then they cut off his head. Uh, So if you go to John Lateran in Rome and people tell you St. John Lateran there's no such thing, John Lateran. Um, If you go there you'll see the statue of him and he's holding his skin out to you. Uh, It's it's amazing and it looks real. The, The carving is unreal. Uh, whew, how we doing? Good? Are people happy? Do we have any questions? Okay. All right. So now we get to Matthew, known as Levi, and we know he was a tax collector. And just like now, people did not like tax collectors, but it was even worse than that. Why? Because he was collecting taxes for the government that imposed itself on the Jews. This wasn't Jews collecting tax for Jews. This was Jews collecting tax for the people who killed Jews. Okay, And Matthew was one of them. Um, and that made him uh, awful to people. People would not have liked him. Uh, he would not have been considered a good person for Jesus to pick up. Um, They were always listed by the righteous people of the day as the worst prostitutes and tax collectors. Um, That's always how it's listed. Okay. Um, So Jesus pulling Matthew into the fold. That's a real insight into our Lord's heart, isn't it? Um, Like even sometimes, you know, yeah, I think I'm going to go there. I think I'm going to go there. I'm going to look at you, Carrie, while I go there. Okay. There was um, about one, two, three, I'm going to say four years ago, uh, I found uh, a priest on YouTube who really was doing these cool, beautiful meditations. And I dug it. They were life-giving. And I got to a point where I started listening to him probably three times a week. He's a Canadian. And then, and there weren't a ton of us, you know, maybe a thousand people listening, whatever. And then he started talking about, like, the Antichrist, the vaccine, uh, Trump, uh, like, a lot of conspiracy theories. And man, his numbers blew up. I mean, blew up and I never listened to him. Like after a while, like I thought, okay, it's a phase, you know, whatever. I don't agree with him. Um, But the whole COVID is a hoax. Uh, The vaccine is the mark of the beast, all kinds of, and you could just see his whole person changed, right? Okay. But here's the thing. And I'm really trying to be conscious of this, right? I praise the Lord for the people who try to keep me accountable. You know, that's, that's a great way to go. If you want to make money, you know what I mean? And I don't think this guy intended on it, but boy, nobody heard of him until he told people what they wanted to hear right? You you know what I mean? And then I can't imagine it's going to be easy for him to now, God willing, get back to focusing, uh, to not focusing on fear and anger. I don't know. Am I explaining this okay? That there are things, if I talk about abortion, I lose followers. I'm going to talk about abortion. (laughs) Right. Um, If I ever get to the point where I won't talk about it or won't have somebody on the show because people might not like what they're saying, well, then I've lost. Uh, Yeah. And Matthew is my prime dude on that. Right. That Jesus made enemies by making this guy his follower. And what did he gain? I'm not clear (laughs) you and I gained a mighty intercessor and I'm sure Jesus saw the long game, but I can't imagine any other disciples at that point were comfortable with this dude being in the group. And it didn't seemingly do Jesus any good. Am I making sense? Okay. And I think to some extent, Matthew's a good guy to pray for, for those doing public ministry that we're always willing to say to the tax collector, you be on with me, right? That, that our focus is on Jesus and not success. Yeah. Okay, praise the it's Lord. It's
1: really easy to uh respond to the numbers because oh it's, yeah it's the it's the measure
0: yeah right yeah and advertisers like want us to yes. right well if you can just get to this number you'll get more money and and i don't even know if we're getting any kind of uh, you know outside of donations but i do know three podcasters i've talked to who are like when you hit that point it can really make a difference in your church, right? Uh, when, when advertisers start spending money on you. But then here's the thing, of course, I'd be scared of that. Like, I, I don't know, I'm not explaining. It. Am I explaining this? Yeah. I, I talked to a priest who has a public ministry. He doesn't work in a parish. All his income as a human yes. comes from his online ministry. And I said something to him and he said, it's huge pressure right? It's huge pressure, but the pressure isn't the gospel. The pressure is, this is how I eat. And that freaks me out. Okay. Anyway, so thank God for Matthew, and thank God for Jesus going, no, you're with me. Despite all of the PR people telling Jesus, oh, that's a nightmare, right? He did it, and we got St. Matthew. How cool is that? Um. Yeah. So uh, Matthew is one of the better known disciples, but he's only mentioned seven times in the whole Bible, which is kind of funny. He's one of the few apostles whose uh, calling is actually recounted in the gospel that in Matthew nine, we hear how Jesus called him called. Excuse me. We also hear it in Mark uh, two and Luke Five. So we really don't know much except that he's a tax collector in Capernaum. Uh, but uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Interestingly, uh, sometimes he's mentioned connected to Levi. Sometimes he's not. Uh, Levi probably is referring to the tribe he was associated with, um, meaning the tribe of Levi. Levi. This was the tribe that made jeans. That joke's never getting old. Do you know that? That joke is never getting old. No, Levite was the priestly tribe, okay? But it could also just be that he had a Greek name, right? Like Saul to Paul, Matthew, and Levi. It could be that Levi is what the Jews called him, Matthew is what the Greeks called him. Who knows? Um, so uh, we know that about Matthew. We also assume he wrote the gospel of Matthew uh, because that's the most rational thing. They write the gospel according to Matthew. Um, It's also possible that, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a disciple of Matthew, a group of disciples of Matthew wrote it off of his words, right? And you'll have people who are like, he didn't write it. (laughs) Who cares? If he didn't write it, People were writing it who he asked to write it in his name, right? It's not like somebody just sat around and wrote something. It was like, uh, it was from Matthew. Uh, so uh, we're not entirely sure how he died. Here's what, uh, here's what we know. He was killed in Ethiopia. Um, was he beheaded, stoned, burned, or stabbed to death? We're not sure. Uh, cause different accounts say different things. But we know what happened in Ethiopia. Whew. How are we doing? Questions? Should I go look at questions? One sec. Okay. Um, while we're waiting for me to go look at questions, I'm going to get a drink of water. I'm glad we're redoing this. Yeah. I am because I really struggled last time, uh, and I don't know why except I was beat. Yes. And I also like remember I started go. I gave all the theories, uh, and I think that was a mistake too. Like the whole Bartholomew, Thaddeus thing. You know, anyway. Okay. So let's look at Thomas. Okay. Uh, He was definitely in the eastern part of Syria. He went to India where he preached. And the ancient Marthoma Christians uh, still hold him as their follower. Uh, He died there pierced by spears. Okay. Um, We just heard from him Sunday yeah, uh, the, the gospel where he said, I need to put my, hands in his fing- my fingers in his hands and my hand in his side. Um, but um, that's, we don't know much more than that, okay? And his um, work in India and in Syria. But I don't know. This might be interesting to you. Um, I don't know if you realize, Thomas isn't his name. It's what we call him. We don't know what his name was uh you may notice uh, we call him thomas so that comes from a aramaic word teoma which means twin okay so when it says it's kind of funny they'll say didymus thomas called didymus what they're literally saying is the twin called the twin um so it's kind of funny because again this is that nickname thing everybody just called him the twin But what was his real name? We're not sure. Uh, It's kind of weird to think of.
1: What was the other twins' name?
0: They never say. Right, and get this. It might be that he didn't have a twin brother. Because it's his nicknames. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's have so, looked like somebody. He, he could have looked like someone very famous. Uh, you never know. It's really weird to think of. Um, but we call him Thomas, which again, we're just calling him the Aramaic word for the twin. Uh, and what does Didymus mean? Well, that's the Greek word for the twin. Uh, so it's crazy. Um, but his name could have been Thomas. But then why would they say, the twin, comma, called the twin? they
1: are almost saying that is not his name. Right. Because are saying, well, it's the twin. We just call him the twin.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. You said it better than me. Um, we know, by the way, we do know the date he was killed, which is wild. Uh, he was killed July 3rd, right, uh, in India. Again, stabbed to death. Um, so you said I should go look at a question? Oh, yeah. Go okay. Let me get up there. All right, Matthew was good at writing things down and his accuracy. Uh, Did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have the job of recording events at the time, or did they write all these?
1: And their writings rose to the top.
0: Oh, I get you. It's uh, what I've read, theory. It's pretty doubtful they would have written it while Jesus was there. Um, that's just not how people thought back then your job was not to record what they said it was to remember what they said and you think well that's impossible no not for them Um, that was easy for them like writing is for you writing was a difficult thing Uh, again paper was not something the average person could afford Um, and writing everything he said Think about it. Think about you trying to write what I'm saying right now. Yeah? Uh, what the most likely thing is is after Jesus rose from the dead and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they wrote what we read so that it could go ahead of them for when they arrive. Like the Gospels were the teasers for their arrival. Does that help? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Bartholomew was also on Michelangelo's last judgment on the wall of the Sistine holding the same type of fillet knife. I would imagine that's what he's usually seen holding, right? Most of the disciples are seen holding the instrument that killed them unless they wrote a gospel, in which case they're usually shown holding a book. Or if it's Peter, he's shown holding keys, right? Uh, Because he drove the Honda. Right, right. The Bible said they were all in one accord.
1: <laughs> okay, I think that's your most I'm probably so underwrite, sorry joke till date. That is a pretty.
0: I, f- I feel good about it.
1: Yeah, you should.
0: Well, no. If you were, if I'm confusing you before, it's going to get worse now because we're going to hit James the son of Alphaeus. And why is this confusing? Because there are, if I count right, 10 trillion Jameses in the New Testament. It was a uber-common name. Um, and we know three. We believe that of all the Jameses is mentioned, we think they're talking about three of them. Okay, um, This James that we're talking about, ministered in what we call Syria now, And the Jewish slash Roman historian, a guy named Josephus wrote that he was stoned uh, till he fell down and then beaten to death with clubs. Uh, James, son of Alphaeus, okay, stick with me, is only mentioned in the four lists of the apostles. So all we really know is that he had a super common name, And that his dad's name was Alphaeus, okay? Anything else we know is total speculation, and it's tough to figure out, are they talking about James the greater, James the son of Alphaeus, or the third James? We're not sure. Um, What we do know uh, is he's not the same as James the son of Zebedee, who is also known as James the greater. I know I'm driving them nuts, aren't I? Nope. Oh, uh, they are appear in the same list, but separate from each other. So that's we know. These are two different Jameses, right? Because the Gospels list them as separate dudes. Uh, but there are two other James mentioned in the New Testament. And I don't even know if I should get into this. There's James, the brother of Jesus, and James, the lesser. Okay. Um, now, Jerome made the mistake of lumping all the Jameses into the son of Alphaeus. Uh, And some of the Gospels today keep that error in there out of respect for the original text. But most of them correct it and give you a little asterisk with a footnote. Okay, that Jerome's Jerome just misunderstood it. Okay, so James, the son of Alphaeus, Sorry. I'm almost there. This is remember this is where I got confused last time. It's so confusing, guys. Um could he be the James that's also called the brother of Jesus? That one's pretty doubtful. Um so it just seems like they were different people. Um Oh, and the brother of Jesus. Do we need to get into that? They don't mean like he had the same mom and dad as Jesus. I, actually, Father Leigh and I just had a crazy talk about this last week. And this is, I promise this is true. It was when we were driving on that, that one dirt road eating bagel sandwiches with him. Remember that? And we were talking and I said, man, these are huge houses. I'd never want a huge house. I want a tiny house. And he said, beautiful, humble Father Leigh, I want a huge house. I'm like, really? I'm like, bro, that's a lot of cleaning. And, and he said, no, because that's what we do in, in, in Fiji. Then everyone can come over, right? Everyone's got a place to stay. And I was like, that's so cool. And he said, he talked about how it's so funny. He says, when I say my cousin, or when I say my brother, I'm learning Americans mean cousin. And we had this great talk about it. Like he just thinks it's weird that we have a word for brother and a word for cousin. They don't, It's one word. Well, that's how the Jews were. Why? Lots of reasons. Some of it is that's just how they thought. Your cousin is your brother. Um, the other thing is they often lived in the same home. So if there's three brothers that are born from the same mom and dad, it's not like each of them go off and build a new house, right, with what money? know you moved in mom and dad's house and so your kids were raised with your brother's kids and they didn't say well that's my cousin and that's my brother they said those are my brothers there was just no distinction there wasn't even a word for cousin How are we doing? Okay. So don't let that throw you. And I I know it's so funny. And I don't mean to, some of our brothers and sisters who don't believe in the perpetual virgin virginity of Mary are like, well, that's right there. James, the brother of Jesus. I'm like two options. One, you're the first person to ever capture that in time and history. Or two, there's an explanation beyond what you think. And maybe a gospel not written in English is going to be a little different. Yeah. Anyway. How did he die? I think I walked through that one. Yep. Which one wrote the epistle? Uh that's that's unknown. Oh no, that's James the Greater. Sorry. James the Greater wrote the letter of James. James, the brother of John. Right? James and John, the sons of Zebedee. That James. Okay. And he's dead. I didn't even know he was sick. We went through how he died, right? That he was stoned till he fell down and then beaten to death with clubs. Yeah, alright.
1: Somebody does ask, did any of them die an ungruesome death?
0: John, remember? Uh, John appears to have died of old age. Yeah. Uh, we hit that last show, but the rest, oh yeah, they ripped him to pieces. It, it was such a violent world. Yeah, you know, and again, I don't know if I said this in the one we recorded and then didn't show, or in the one we recorded and showed, but... Like, to give you a sense of things, okay, you, you've heard the word arena, right? Where we play football, where we, you know, we say arena. We got that from Latin. And that's what the Romans called what we would now call stadiums or arenas. And why did they call them arena? Well, that's the word for sand. That's the Latin word for sand. Why would they call them the Latin word for sand? Well, because you had to cover the floor of the stadium with sand to soak up all the blood. Truly that was it um these were this you just can't i i don't i know i sound you can't understand how violent things were there was no police uh there were no street lights there was no telephones there was only the will to power and if your will to power was stronger than that person's will to power then you were in charge of them that's how it worked <laughs> so when we hear about these gruesome deaths, I don't wish to be crude or whatever. Children were there watching, right? Get them used to it now. This is going to be their life. They're going to see women in their family sexually assaulted. They're going to see men in their family beaten to death. They're going to see death on a level you and I can't imagine before they're 12. It was their life. That's how things were. Um, it's awful, right? So we hear these things and we go, oh my God. No, that's that was norm to them. Uh, and it's, again, I, I don't mean that in any way except to try to change our brains a little, right? Change our brains a little when we read. So now let's get to St. Jude slash Thaddeus. And we have a first-class relic of him here at Holy Family. Uh, He is known as Jude of James, Judas of James, Thaddeus, Judas Thaddeus, and Labaeus. Why all those names? Well, again, everybody had a ton of names, but they want really hard to distinguish him from the other Judas. His name was Judas, but you may remember the other Judas that didn't work out so well. Uh, so they immediately began identifying him in the Bible, not in his lifetime, but as Jude. So that people didn't confuse him with Judas Iscariot. Uh, so there's not a ton we can say about him. Uh, we know the description. Uh, well, I don't want to get into all that. Uh, so in the two lists of apostles, Jude appears to be referred to as Thaddeus. That's in Matthew 10, 2 and in Mark 3:16. Uh, And they appear in the same place as the name Judas in the other lists. Uh, So that's why we put them together. Uh, This is how I read it. Quote, since the name Judas had such strong negative associations in the church, it wouldn't be surprising that others simply started calling him by the other names he was known as, such as Thaddeus or Jude. Okay, you said there's another question yeah okay let me scroll way up hold on that's a lot of scrolling okay how common were large gatherings of people the loaves and fish the Beatitudes were attended by thousands of people did they only come to hear Jesus speak how far did they travel well the last question first they traveled a long way and the Bible makes that clear it even says they traveled from the hill regions of Judea from Samaria people came along You and I would say, maybe look at a map and go, that's only 10 miles. They were walking, right? And every day you didn't work had an impact on your ability to eat for most people. Um, How big were the crowds? Uh, Thousands, and that's more than likely accurate. Uh, Why? This is what people did. Um, There was no TV, there's no sports. And it was real common. There's a book called uh, The Roman Way. And actually, you know who else? Duncan did a great lecture on this, Mike Duncan, about how a big part of life that we filled up with TV and sports were itinerant philosophers, right? People whose just whole life was traveling to a place, kind of setting up a temporary camp. And when I say I don't mean tents. I mean, I'm gonna come here tomorrow at nine and talk. Right. And they didn't say nine. Of course, they would say first watch, second watch, third watch or fourth watch. Uh, But um, and they would just talk and teach and people would ask questions and they'd answer and they would tell stories and they would right that uh, the Roman Empire was a very colorful place in that regard, um, filled with these street preachers or street philosophers. And this meant something to people. I think I told you that a good way to think of it is humans, at least Americans, now have a 10, wi- mi- 10 mile wide, one inch deep knowledge base. We know a very little about a ton. Okay? People back then it was about a hundred foot wide and a thousand foot deep. You could sit down with an illiterate farmer during this time and talk Plato, and he would know more than your college prof who taught philosophy. And I'm not being funny. This is what people invested themselves in. Um, So (laughs) for Jesus to have drawn thousands would have been notable, but not shocking. Um, A good philosopher can do that a good theologian, and I say theologian, they didn't call him that, uh, could do that because this is what people were hungry for. Why is my life like this? Why are things like this? Why do I exist? They actually cared about those questions. There is obviously a reality between their hyper-violent, brutal, short lifespan and our really long lifespan where we don't stop and ask why we exist. Um, There was a depth to these people. If you, like, we were just, I played, I hope you don't mind, I played for Carrie and Chuck and dad yesterday. Some of the letters that the Mongolian Khans sent to the Pope and that the Pope sent back. And you're like, how was anybody this smart? Uh, how, right? I mean, just the way they talked, the way they used language um, in some of the other letters we heard, right? Like they read a letter from the Amir, um, uh, just, just different letters in history, and you read this and you go, how would it anybody learn to write that well and that deep and make these really obscure, what we would call obscure and bizarre references? but it was common to them, oh yeah, sure, he's quoting Plato. Like, Make no mistake, when people read John's gospel, when people read St. Paul, they saw Plato all through it. It it would not have occurred to them that John wasn't quoting Plato, or Paul, really, more Paul. It would have been clear to them that John was what we can call a Platonist. But you and I, who know a crapload of things, would be like, a Platonist? Right? Which, I'm not ripping on you. But get this, those guys would have went, huh, he's a Platonist. Three sentences in John's Gospel, and I literally mean that. Oh, he's a Platonist. And who would have been saying that? The illiterate farmer, right, who someone's reading it to him. Huh, he's a Platonist, that's cool. Someone reading Paul would have thought, dude knows his Greek philosophy. But you and I, that wouldn't occur to us because we just don't think that way anymore. Am I making? Yes. Okay. You just can't imagine how awful their lives were and how rich they were intellectually. They overflowed with riches intellectually, but not about how the car works or like me. I know an incredible amount of useless information about baseball, which again, I'm not ripping on me. I like that, but these guys could have eaten me alive philosophically. Just chewed me up. Do you know what one of the hobbies of the day was, was this thing called sophistry, right? Sophistry was when a dude would come into town, kind of set up camp and he would start off and he'd say, there's no gods. And then the religious people would be so offended and they'd come in and they'd, they'd argue and he'd argue with them. And then he'd finally get you to the point because this cat's sharp where you'd go, oh my gosh, there aren't any gods. And then you go, of course, there's gods. And then the second half of the day, he's convincing you there's gods. It's called sophistry. It's arguing just to argue. And that was that was a sport. Like, that's what people did for fun. Right. Well, let's go see a sophist. Isn't that crazy to think of? Um, I would think in the back of a crowd of five G's, it would be hard to hear what was being said. How were they able to hear a couple things? Romans were masters of architecture in this regard. And you can see it in the ruins around Cesarea Philippi, right? Uh, but the other is you may remember when Jesus had too big of a crowd a few times, he would get into boat, have everybody crowd up on shore, and he would stand in the boat and bounce his voice off the water. Um... It's kind of crazy to think of. And if you ever saw the movie, there was a cute, well, no, I shouldn't bring that up. Okay. But so yeah, did people hear it all? No, uh, but also people shuffled, right? Uh, you're gonna stand there for a couple hours and then you gotta get back to work. And so you leave and everybody moves forward. Oh, oh crap. Now did we get, so we got to everybody, I think except Judas, Oh, you can finish, right? So I'll finish. Oh no, we didn't do Simon the Zealot. Okay. Uh, gosh, should we do a part three? I don't know. It's up to you. Okay. I think,
1: I think this is opening up a lot of interesting questions. Oh, You know, as, okay. as far as painting the picture of what
0: it was. Oh, great. Okay, guys, I'm worried that this is fun for me and not for you. So if you're finding this interesting, then let's do this. Can we next Wednesday finish the disciples? Yes. And if you want to answer your, ask your cultural questions. If I don't know, I promise I'll tell you. There's a ton I don't know. Uh, what I don't know is terrifying in in volume. But okay, so let's wrap this puppy up and know that next time we gather, we'll hit Simon the Zealot and then Judas Iscariot. And I'm sure you've never heard of Judas Iscariot, but I'm just going to give the ending away. He betrays Jesus. (laughs) So remember, these were real human beings. Um, And I don't just mean that in the sense of historically they existed. Of course they did. It's more, these were guys who said stupid things and did brave things, who did cowardly things and said beautiful things, Um, who were so convinced of what they saw that they walked the whole known world at the time and paid with their blood so that you and me could be here today. I mean, isn't that nuts? St. John writes it in first letter of John, what we've seen with our what we've seen with our eyes, what we've heard with our ears, what we've touched with our hands concerns life itself. And we give it to you. Isn't that tight? these are our spiritual dads in many ways and we love them not because they were perfect uh, but because at some point they let their love for Jesus overcome their fear of death and like Saint Paul said love for life did not deter them from death isn't that cool they loved their life but they loved Jesus more And how neat that you and I, 2000 years later, are here because of a bunch of fishermen, tax collectors, and freaks who Jesus went, no, I want that guy. Ah, so tomorrow, 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 uh, we will have Matt Burke on here. And I'm geeked out. I love this man. He has a pure heart and some might not like his politics, right? That's going to happen. But try not to do that American thing. If I disagree with you, it means you're demonic. Uh, Sometimes people who disagree with us are lovely. Um, And some of you might love what he has to say. I don't know. I I can't tell. Uh, But what I do know is I've known him for a few years now and he's extraordinary. And I can't wait for you to meet him. So uh, yeah, tune it in. He played, uh, Gosh, he played for the Vikings for, I think, 11 years. He played for the Ravens for three. He's got a Super Bowl ring and uh, came from Harvard. He went to Harvard. Yeah. And uh, he's a lot of fun. Married, he's got eight kids, and they're beautiful. Yeah. Did you see those knuckleheads? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's it. I'll see you beautiful people tomorrow. Next week, we'll get back into the disciples and start kind of getting your questions ready about, whoa, the culture. Look, my chair still broke. Oh, we have another question? No,
1: but Steve Casalinda is on. Steve's on?
0: Okay, guys, look at that name. Steve uh, Casalanda. Am I saying it right? I always put an R in there.
1: I think it's Casalinda.
0: Casalinda. I love that dude, you guys. He's part of a group of men who just want to be holy. And they don't talk about it. They're putting their time into it. And I, he's, he's my favorite. Can I say that? I can't say that? Okay, he is not my favorite. He's my favorite. So, <laughs> remember, Dad, the first time we hung out with him, it was just me you, and him. Those guys were all out doing, like, cutting down trees, and Dad and Steve and I are horking on pasta. So, uh, oh, and if you need a realtor, yeah, he's in the St. Paul area, and he's a realtor, and I would trust him with my life. I would Um, Oh, and today's episode is brought to you by The Hot Dog Stand
1: (laughs) It
0: is Yeah, we loaded up on dogs before this So, okay, salad pray In the name of the Father And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen Oops, did my mic fall? No, oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, my beard was covering it. Let me tuck it in. Turned you off. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, thank you for these good, broken men that you called to yourself. Not because they were righteous, but because ah, they're who you picked. And you know, Lord, we can't believe you picked us. You picked us. Whatever our life, whatever good or bad choices we've made, you looked at us, saw our hearts, and went, I want that one, and I can't believe it. Thank you. Thank you. And may we carry that understanding with us wherever we go so that when we meet people we don't like or people who irritate us or people who even anger us, we can remember, no, no, Jesus looked at that person and went, I want that one. You don't love us for what we accomplish. You love us for who we are, and we can't say enough. Lord, we ask you to look at the good people in Ukraine and come to their rescue. Please, Lord, drive this invader from their midst and restore them to peace and prosperity. And Lord, we ask you to intervene in the state of Michigan and keep us from this awful amendment to our constitution protect all life the unborn the immigrant even the criminals lord you know all these people we love and we fret about them and you know all the circumstances we carry around in our heart and worry about well we give them all to you and we love you and we trust you And may the blessings of Almighty God be with you all. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll see you crazy people tomorrow when we have Matt Burke, superstar, action figure, Super Bowl ring sold separately. Peace. Is it over? No, it's never over.